Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Today is Corey Todaro, one of the founders of Hashed Health. Corey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the podcast. So what is uh, Hashed, I guess, has something to do with What does Hashed Health do? Uh, Hashed Health is a consortium for the healthcare industry to accelerate the adoption and commercialization of blockchain and distributed ledger technology. Yeah, the healthcare industry, um, it seems, I mean, at least to me, uh, still pretty antiquated. Billing is, is terrible. You know, I, I had some health issues earlier this year and I had, you know, like, over a dozen different bills and every single bill came back as if I had never paid it even though I did and they lost track of the records and you know so yeah please tell me what you guys are doing to help this industry because it's sure. a nightmare. Unlike financial services uh, healthcare is a very very diverse uh, industry vertical so it's not just hospitals it's of course doctors it's insurance companies it's pharmaceutical manufacturers wholesale distributors, retail pharmacies. Uh, the list goes on and on of all the different types of companies that touch the delivery and the payment for healthcare and healthcare services. And it is Byzantinely complex, which is you know one of the reasons we've chosen to focus on a single industry vertical. It's an industry that uh, myself and John Bass, the CEO, founder of the company, we've, we've both come out of healthcare, spend, uh, I think combined our, our top three employees have about 30 years of experience in the healthcare industry from what wow. we call the provider side, which is um, uh, hospitals mostly. Uh, Nashville is kind of a hub for health IT and, and hospital uh, corporations. I've worked for a number of them. John is, uh, has a number of health IT startups under his belt. And healthcare IT is a very peculiar and specialized field, given all kinds of important reasons. Um, so we want to bring our, our, our knowledge of how, how it, quote, works on the back end and mate that with the, the promise that we've you know, are passionate believers in around blockchain and distributed ledger technology, help the industry adapt to this new technical architecture to find solutions that will impact, most importantly, the, the quality of the healthcare delivered, the cost of the care, and the experience of the care, which is not an insignificant factor in the overall uh, delivery of health. Well, since you said healthcare is so diverse, I mean, you can't tackle all of it, or it'd be hard to. So what areas are you focusing on, and what particular aspects of, uh, you know, normal people's interaction with healthcare do you want to change, and how? Sure. I mean, the interesting thing about blockchain is that it pulls 
transactional players together onto a common and shared transactional platform. So even though we have a diversity of, of enterprise types, uh, hospitals and insurance companies or physician groups, for instance, or pharmaceutical manufacturers and wholesale distributors and eventually hospitals, blockchains allow all of these diverse entities to, to interoperate together um, in a more efficient and more promising way. We've selected a number of what we're calling topic areas that enterprises can come and get involved in. These involve a um, couple of related areas. First and foremost is what we're calling identity management. This has two, two flavors. One is on the provider side, provider identity management, or more commonly physicians and nurses. Um, so these are highly trained professionals who are licensed uh, by the state and have a set of professional credentials associated with them. And those credentials are vital to, the, um, to hiring physicians, um, to granting them privileges to practice in a hospital. And those credentials are also vital in the payment ecosystem for how we identify a doctor, um, how we understand the claim that he or she has submitted and how eventually they get reimbursed. The systems and the workflows around provider identity and provider data management is, is really antiquated, cumbersome. Some of that is for regulatory reasons and others just because it's never been any faster, so why does it need to be faster? We think blockchains can introduce some real um, exciting innovations in, in streamlining that process to allow physicians to practice sooner than they would otherwise, um, to allow healthcare systems to realize revenue faster, um, and to get more physicians to uh, where care is needed. Uh, the flip side of that coin is for a patient identity. So um, patients have uh, unique identifier numbers in different ones, I should say, in, in almost every different health facility they touch. So the way you're identified in your primary care doctor system is not the way you're identified in the hospital. Um, and since we have the freedom to, to utilize lots of different healthcare providers, um, a, a true longitudinal view of a single patient is almost an impossibility. It takes a tremendous amount of resources to identify you in this system and then that system and then this other system so we can have a full understanding of, of your health condition. How do you identify people across systems if uh, HIPAA and privacy laws are so strong? Right. How do you recommend well, that? That's, that's the real challenge around all types of patient-facing clinical data use cases in blockchain. And that's, that's the regulatory regime that uh, offers or demands really strong privacy protections of it. There's a couple of interesting strategies um, to approach that. Um, the first is using um, a, a specification that the Sovereign Foundation has come up called a, a decentralized identity, a DID, um, which is a way of associating specific attributes with a series of identifiers about you. And they don't have to be human readable. They can be essentially wallet addresses or key addresses, which key to specific attributes about you without necessarily revealing everything about you. Um, so in other words, we can associate data um, while still making the overall record de-identified, um, which is the, the term of art in healthcare, a de-identified health record. Um, is one where I can know a lot about the case. I can know how much it cost, what the surgery was, but I don't know who, and I would never be able from that data to determine the precise individual involved in that case. Um, so we're looking for those situations where we can get benefit from utilizing patient data on a distributed system without revealing what's called PHI, or pers per, you know, personally identifiable health information, or personal health information that could be used to identify specific individuals. You know what might be interesting? I know it's just a thought that came to mind. Even though it's not the same quote-unquote industry, I wonder if you could look to Monero or uh, Zcash 
you know, for the zero knowledge proofs and the ring signatures and incorporate mm. technology into what you're doing, even though it's for a very different application, you know, to mask your obscure data so no outside yes. parties could look at it. Right. And in fact, that, that's got great um, applicability across different topic areas, use cases, not only identity, um, but in, in some contracting and pricing use cases that we're looking at in healthcare. You know, it's in the interest of enterprises to not let other enterprises know the pricing the pricing that you get from a vendor, for instance, or the pricing you're offering to other enterprises. That can often be deemed to be, uh, you know, a trade secret or, or confidential business. So how can we negotiate contracts on a blockchain without revealing all of that? Of course, blockchains like Ethereum are designed to be transparent, um, and a lot of that, those transparency issues present complications when you try to make it into an enterprise solution for back-end use by enterprises. But innovations like zero-knowledge proofs and ring signatures, we think, um, can, be, can be quite exciting and offer uh, quite, a, uh, quite a bit of lift for a number of these use cases. Um, the catch being that you know, they're still evolving. I'm, I'm eager to learn on how Zcash is doing and how it continues to do it. The innovations of zero-knowledge proofs onto other protocols, of course, uh, will be some key learnings for us as we look to try to apply this. Um, but, you know, th those are, are wonderful, what I'll call bleeding-edge use cases that offer a lot mm. of promise um, for, for a lot of enterprises, uh, not only on patient confidentiality, which is a, a core requirement of healthcare data use cases, but also for things like payment or, or contract negotiation. A whole variety. So where's the biggest need in healthcare, you think? Where does blockchain fit with it best? And, you know, what are like the top one or two use cases uh, that most desperately mm -hmm. needed and that it'll help the most? I w I, okay, it's, it's going to be an interesting answer I'm going to offer you here because it's not a specific use case. Rather, it's an architectural issue. And that's that healthcare, one of healthcare's largest barriers to real innovation. And I spent about three years as a venture capitalist investing in health IT companies. And the promise of consumerization of healthcare, where consumers can have the power to select resources or services that fit their needs, that fit their pricing, that their sensibilities. It's really consumer will and consumer interest which drives offerings on the marketplace is, is a tremendous promise. But the way healthcare is configured to deliver and pay for services will always stymie consumer effort. And that's because networks, delivery networks and payment networks in healthcare are controlled by entities who are serving really their own interests. So if it's health insurance companies, um, you know, their primary motivation is to increase into increase uh, premiums while minimizing payout. And I I'm not trying to impugn them and saying that they're acting in bad faith, but by controlling the network of providers who are, quote, contracted to be in network um, for any plan, you're attempting to third parties trying to dictate utilization management or how often people get to use where do they get to use facilities, et cetera. Hospital systems do it the same way. So if a hospital system owns a cardiology practice and an imaging center, they want those patients to use that cardiology practice and that imaging center because it drives overall revenue for the health. They don't want you going to other hospitals or competing facilities. So, I mean, in, in, just like in many industries, the control of a network um, serves business ends. And uh, blockchain offers us a way of having transactional systems to deliver and pay for healthcare where the, the platform, the network itself, isn't controlled uniquely by any one party. If we can achieve that, then I think we can have finally 
a voice for the consumer who is usually not represented um, in, in the way these, these systems are configured to operate. I think that can offer us quite a lot of lift, uh, especially in the United States where prices are increasing, not only for premiums, but for out-of-pocket responsibility. Um, your deductible, in essence, is often thousands of dollars. I mean, think about that for a second. Um, high deductible health plans are on the rise in the United States, and that's in addition to your premium, you and your family owe thousands, five, seventy-five hundred, ten thousand dollars of deductibles before your insurance kicks in. So the patient has quite a bit of financial responsibility for paying for their own health care, yet they have no tools whatsoever to understand price or to understand quality that's available to them in their market. Pricing between a physician and an insurance company is a is a confidential matter between the insurance company and the provider. Your doctor doesn't tell you, well, this procedure is going to cost $2,500, of which you will be responsible for 8%, primarily because the doctor has no idea how much your deductible might be and what the insurance, they know they're the price that they've agreed to with the insurance company, but how that breaks down into what you're going to end up owing at the end of the day, often a complicated matter that waits for three, four weeks after the service. Just like in your experience, you received a multitude of bills that are poorly explained Mm -hmm. I love the the phrase. This is not a bill, but it's got num. You know, they said, "Oh, we don't have any record of that." And we had a forever. It, it was ridiculous. It was like the worst right record. There's no other service that you buy that is remotely like this. So don't worry about the price. We'll let you know in a couple of months what you're going to owe us for this. There's nothing else in your life where you, you you go into the market willingly like this. Now there are some situations in healthcare where no one can, in good faith, know the price ahead of time. Uh, there's all mm-hmm. kinds of traumatic and emergency situations which you know you can't shop for. No one's going to look for the cheapest ER when they get hit by a car, when someone comes down with a debilitating long-term disease or fatal disease, you know, those situations are not for, for price fixing. But there's a, a significant portion of healthcare that you engage with that's, quote, shoppable. And shoppability for healthcare is completely underserved by the way the payment and delivery system is currently configured. It's impossible to shop for healthcare. And we think that's because the transactional networks, both delivery and payment, are not in the control of of individual consumers. There's no way for them to exert influence in that because they're so tightly controlled by intermediaries. And so blockchain allowing transparent where appropriate, confidential where appropriate, um, networks that are distributed in terms of ownership and control offer a real groundbreaking opportunity uh, for the industry. And it's what attracted me to the technology two years ago when I finally began to understand what it can do. Uh, I got quite excited about what I thought was a promising avenue for healthcare. Now, that being mm. said, the challenges are great. You know, um, hospitals and insurance companies and all the players in healthcare are used to doing business in a certain way. They don't really, no business has a, an interest in dis, you know, disrupting themselves necessarily. So a lot of work has to go into helping them understand the technology and understand what the long-term opportunity for their company can be. You know, just like with the internet, the, the opportunity is not in controlling and owning the network. The opportunity is what business offerings you can make atop that net. So, if we can convince healthcare companies to give up control and ownership of the network, we think they can do just as fine um, from a business perspective, offering real value-added services on that network. But, you know, they have to work in a fundamentally different way. And that's that's the mission of Health to help them understand both that that challenge, but also, more importantly, the opportunity um, for a new way of delivering and paying for healthcare. Well, how much pushback are you guys getting? Are you getting, you know... Open arms for certain parties. I mean, what's the yeah? It it, it doesn't break down in in any sort of predictable way. Um, so they're they're not. It's not like there are some certain subsections which are are totally interested. I would say everybody's interested in. 
certain use cases that uniquely benefit them. Uh, so I've, I've heard those requests from companies. You know, can we finally get a hold of this data? Or can I finally disintermediate that player who's always stymied our, our part of the industry for decades? And, you know, those are the sort of selfish asks, which are completely understandable. Um, certain companies, though, are, are willing to innovate or willing to all, almost disrupt themselves because I, I think they have a real understanding of the opportunity here. I think other players are acting out of a sort of uh, self-interest where they don't want to be left behind. But, you know, the caveat or the phrase I often use too much is that it all depends on the use case. So blockchain use cases are really particular um, and almost unique things. They, they redesign a workflow on a distributed platform. And the way that workflow is designed um, really informs, you know, what parts of the, of the system will get benefited the most or receive most, most benefit. And so our value proposition is we are inviting those enterprises to the table to help design the governance model that will, that will lead the, the, these new platforms. And, and doing so jointly can protect each other from any one party exerting too much control there. I had a better time. Um, it's like being asked to design the internet for, um, to make sure that, you know, your business can can transition and survive, and I don't know uh, any sane business who would turn down that opportunity to get yeah. in this early and yeah. to to have a real impact on on the way blockchain solutions will be deployed for the industry. So what's uh, what's on your guys' roadmap for the next six months to a year? What what big announcements are coming that you can talk about? Uh, in two weeks' time, will be the distributed health conference here in Nashville. It's a a dedicated mm -hmm. healthcare blockchain conference. It'll be the second annual one put on by BTC Media. Um, there we'll be showing off uh, prototype work we've done with the state of Illinois. So over the summer, we announced a partnership with the state of Illinois, uh, specifically around a medical licensing solution. We're partnered with the, the, the actual state institution, which runs the medical licensing board. Um, and we built out a solution which offers um, the ability for states to grant reciprocal licenses based upon the status of a license in, in, a, in a principal state. So if I have a license in Illinois and I want to also get a medical license in, say, uh, Iowa, instead of having to apply all over again, and the application for a medical license is no, not an insignificant thing, they can take up to six right. months in time to actually be approved and to collect all the information behind it. If my license is good in Illinois, Iowa can issue me a reciprocal license based upon the validity of my licensure data in Illinois. The great part of that use case is that that governance agreement, that reciprocal governance agreement is already in place. They just don't, they lack a technical means of realizing uh, the full potential of the governance agreement. So I didn't have to create it from whole cloth. And that, that's just a really great um, use case to, to demonstrate what can be done um, when there's a really strong governance agreement behind the use case itself. So I don't need regulatory approval to get this done. It's already in place. We just need to build the technical platform for it. So we'll be showing that off. We run a very simple okay. six-node network and actually move that licensing data across the blockchain. Okay. Tribune Health, uh, what other big plans are coming in the next year? Well, we hope to announce some more uh, builds out with uh, a couple of our partners who have joined um, and, and to gain more partners um, or, or, or enterprises joining Hashdell. So... Uh, we've most recently announced uh, Change Healthcare. Uh, Change Healthcare is a fantastic company that's really, really bought into the power of blockchain, and, and, and their role is, is pretty significant in the way healthcare gets paid for. So their traditional business, they're quite a large enterprise, but their core business is what's called medical claim processing. So they act as an intermediary between physicians and insurance companies um, around that, that, that really arcane document called a medical claim, which is key to payment, key to all those bills you receive. And uh, so, you know, some of the use cases might involve uh, more expedited or more efficient 
processing of those. Um, we're also looking towards patient-facing opportunities. Also, this fall, we'll be announcing um, our latest partner, who's not been named yet, but um, who is taking um, a leadership role in patient identification um, on the blockchain and patient identity management on the blockchain. Um, you know, despite the the sort of uh, high hurdle of the regulations, we've got a partner now who's very excited about getting to work on it, uh, despite the challenges around it. And we hope that these kinds of use cases can attract more enterprises to the table around that specific use case. We don't want to build off alone with one company. We would love for there to be real transactional partners at the table um, as we build out these solutions. What we're calling a sort of minimally viable network of transactional partners around a proof of concept is a really a powerful thing. And I think it gives us the resulting proof of concept greater success, chances of success as a commercial um, as a commercial opportunity uh, or commercial sol enterprise solution. Uh, finally, we are uh, actively exploring a, a token sale, and we are uh, hope to announce that over the maybe the next month or so. Um, we think we've got a pretty pretty unique offering that uh, has not been seen before um, in in the realm of of token sales. Um, although you know they're very complex. Uh, com complex processes, um, and we want to make sure to dot all the I's and cross all the T's regarding that process. Uh, but it's something mm -hmm. we've been working on for quite a few months now, and we, we hope to announce it shortly. All right, very good. So what's the best way for individuals or companies to find out more about you and uh, start interacting? Great. Well, um, of course, we have a website. Um, on that website, uh, you can do things like sign up for our biweekly newsletter, where we um, sort of let people know what's on our mind pieces. We have a resource library there, some very introductory materials for blockchain. Some of the most popular resources there are some videos that we shot about some of the use cases that we've done or are working on. In addition, we've got some really interesting resources on how to read blockchain white papers. Going back to the Satoshi white paper or the Ethereum white paper, these are incredible documents, but if you're unfamiliar with the technology, they can be quite bewildering. Um, in addition to that, we're, we're going to shortly release a sort of expedited membership model to allow enterprises of all sizes to, quote, join the Hashed Health Consortium at, at a variety of different price points. Some of those memberships will be simply be uh, ways of, of getting more access to, uh, to the results of proof of concept work, uh, to get a sort of inside look at what we're building um, currently with active partners. And it's a way of uh, enterprises to sort of check things out before they want to sign up for like a proof of concept to actually commit to building something. Uh, you know, so we're aware that this is a very new technology and our website and the resources there and the membership structure that we're offering there is a way of uh, providing an on-ramp for industry, for enterprises to, to, to uh, you know, get, get acclimated to the technology and get ready to build something, you know, and, and that kind of market education we think is vital uh, to giving uh, blockchain a chance. And any sort of new industry. There's a real educational challenge there, and that's part of our mission, as well as building out blockchain solutions in the industry. Well, very good. Corey, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. And uh... Well, great. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. 
Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.